Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. This Saturday, Scott Frost and his Nebraska team roll into the big house to open the Big Ten season. They are 0-2, but my guest today says they could easily be undefeated. Joining us in just a minute on our visitors segment will be Ben McLaughlin, who is the sideline reporter on the Husker Radio Network and also hosts the pre- and post-game shows on that network. First, my view from Section 17. After three games, I am not sure how good we are. We are an 18-point favorite on Saturday, but, you know, who cares about that other than the betters? I thought after three games I'd have a better feel for what kind of team we have, but I do not. I'm still concerned about the offensive line play, the penalties, and the defense allowing third-down conversions, and even the conservative play calling. I'm hoping we are ready to turn the corner with this offense, and even let Shea Patterson throw a bit more to open up the run game. In the end, I just want to see progress on Saturday and get the Big Ten portion of the schedule started on the right foot. Husker sideline reporter Ben McLaughlin says, Nebraska is just one or two boneheaded plays away from being undefeated. He thinks they match up pretty well with Michigan, but, and this is a big but, if they don't clean up the penalties and mental mistakes, they have no chance to win on Saturday. He joins me next here on our visitors segment on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. on our visitors segment this week to talk about the big game Saturday in the big house Husker Radio sideline reporter and pre and post game host Ben McLaughlin Ben great to have you with us great to be with you appreciate you having me 
Well, the first thing Michigan fans uh, are, are wondering about, and I'm sure Huskers fans also, freshman quarterback Adrian Martinez. Uh, from what we hear, he practiced on Monday. Not sure about today. Tuesday is when we're recording. Is he still a day-to-day uh, for Saturday, Ben? I would say so. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the logic we used last week, you know, for any quarterback, let alone a freshman who has only made one start, you know, you don't practice on Monday, you don't practice on Tuesday, you don't practice on Wednesday, the likelihood mm-hmm. of him playing was was slim to none. Um, although the coaches remained that, you know, he was day-to-day, and, you know, we watched him go through warm-ups and, you know, dressed out with a knee brace. So, you know, we thought maybe, hey, uh, maybe he might play. But, you know, I think the, the logic, same logic, just different way to apply it, right? He's mm-hmm. practicing yesterday. I think if he goes through – uh, practice this morning and then um, you know Wednesday I think the reverse effect is there you know I think the the probability is, is much much higher but I don't know that we'll really know you know until he uh, until he turns loose coach Frost did say yesterday in his press conference that until the trainer says that he can play without further injuring his knee then he's going to be out but he is going through practice and that is a good sign for Oscar fans. Well, he sounds like a very talented young quarterback, Ben. Talk about him and how much he means to this offense, even though he's just a freshman and even though he's only played one game. I'm really not quite sure how much he means to the offense. I don't know that we know that quite yet. I mean, mm-hmm. he's only made one start. But, you know, just in terms of, you know, how he got here, interesting story. He was a, he was a Tennessee commit, um, really had his eye on Nebraska when he first started looking at colleges um, in Fresno at, but Mike Riley and, and the Nebraska staff didn't want a quarterback in this class in particular, which really turned Adrian off to Nebraska, which is kind of bizarre to have a kid from Fresno, California, even on Nebraska's radar. Is, <laughs> it, it was different. But I think Adrian um, you know, commits to Tennessee, and I don't know that he ever felt comfortable with that commitment. And then you know, Scott Frost wins the game with Memphis in the AAC championship game. And of course, beats Auburn in, in the bowl game for the undefeated season. And then Coach Verdusco, our quarterback coach, gives Adrian a call, and everything changed from there. He basically committed sight unseen without coming to Lincoln, and uh, signed on the early, committed and signed on the early signing period. And the rest is history. Terrific young man. He lost his mom, um, you know, when he was a kid, and you know that that adversity really kind of helped him handle you know some of the things that mm-hmm. he's had to go through he didn't play football his senior year in high school he had labrum surgery uh, with his with his shoulder so that that was the other thing is he hadn't played in a football game in, in nearly two years so um i think all in all we're very pleased with what we've seen but i i think there's i mean the the opening line to adrian martinez's story is just the introduction i mean we still got a lot of his book to write. Well, it's a transition year for Nebraska football, and we know how excited the fan base is to have Coach Frost back as head coach now. But I've been reading that there hasn't been a, a total buy-in from all the players yet, but that's not surprising with a new coach in the first year, is it, Ben? No, I don't know that's all surprising, and I don't know that it's kids not buying in. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they I think they think they're bought in. I think that, I mean, they're saying that they're bought in, but, but when it comes to actually doing the things that it means to be bought in, right? Going to class, right. showing up to meetings, wearing the right things, um, not missing team meals, you know, all of those, those little things that we talk about that lead to mistakes on Saturdays. I think it's, it's kind of putting money where your mouth is right now. I think it, everybody's saying the right things and everyone's, you know, doing the right things in the weight room, but 
how are you acting when no one's looking? I think that's the culture change that that we're waiting to see the entire team. Now you see it with the leaders, you see it with the guys that are prominent in this program, but um, how do you see it with the special teams guys? How do you see it with the second team guys? I think, you know, you can say you're bought in all you want, but until you really change how you are, you know, Coach Ross talked about, you know, what do you do when you get home from practice? Are you, are you staying up playing video games or watching TV or watching Netflix, or are you going to bed when you're supposed to, you know, those types of things mm-hmm. that really need to take shape. And, you know, it's three years of lack of accountability and lack of responsibility in this program under coach Riley that, that they're trying to erase. And I think that part of it is what's going to take some time. Well, it is going to take time. And Scott, of course, is going to need time to get his players in recruiting very good so far for the class of 2019. But right now, as this team, does Nebraska have the talent to be competitive in the big 10, the rest of the way? I think so. I mean, I I think, I think it's, it's more than just a, a talent issue. I think, the big thing that's been lacking in our program hasn't necessarily been the recruiting. I mean, they haven't had the recruiting classes that Michigan has had. Mm-hmm. They haven't had, you know, the Alabama classes, but they've been right around anywhere between 15 and 25 in the national recruiting rankings, which on paper should be more than enough to compete on the field. What's really been lacking in our program is the player development. It's hard to look at, you know, players when they come in to when they leave and say that they're significantly better football players. And that's that's a huge problem. You know, that's what made Nebraska great, you know, in the 90s was, you know, they didn't always have the athletes that they had in Florida or um, in Texas or California or whatever, but they could develop players, the walk-on program, you know, all of those things made mm-hmm. Nebraska great. And they've gone away from that, and they haven't had the ability to develop the players. So they like the guys they have in right now, I think, Coach Frost would love, you know, a couple of recruiting classes, as you said, under his belt to get more of scheme fit guys. But I think right now, I mean, Nebraska's plenty talented to compete in the Big Ten. It's just can they develop them? Can they get rid of the mindset of losing? I think right now that's the biggest problem with Nebraska. Well, the offense has run the ball pretty well in the first two games, but keeps shooting itself in the foot with mistakes and penalties. Talk about this Husker offense, some of the issues that they're working through right now. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it. I think the first two games, if, for the Michigan fans that haven't watched Nebraska yet, I mean, the frustrating part is, you know, Nebraska's two, play, two plays away from being 2-0. and they, You know, they had a bad boneheaded penalty against Colorado on defense on third and a mile that set up their go-ahead touchdown, and they allowed a punt return touchdown against Troy that ended up being the difference in the game, but... You know, I think uh, the main difference from week one to week two, well, our week one and week two, because we had our first game canceled, was Nebraska was behind the sticks all day against Troy, whether it be a holding penalty, a false start, a, uh, a, a negative first down play. I mean, with with a, a walk-on quarterback making his first start at Nebraska and Andrew Bunch, that's a ridiculously amount of pressure to put on his shoulders as a quarterback to be second and 16, third and 12 all day long. And I think that's made Nebraska's life really problematic against Troy on Saturday. And if they want any chance to win against Michigan, they have to stay ahead of the sticks and um, not shoot themselves in the foot, as you said, with the penalties and just the, the, the miscues early in the possession. Well, other than Adrian Martinez and, of course, outstanding receiver J.D. Spielman, who are some of the other key players we're going to see for this Huskers uh, offense on Saturday? Well, Stanley Morgan. Stanley Morgan's going to be the most decorated Husker wide receiver in history by the time he's done here. 
Um, J.D. Spielman, as you mentioned. I think the interesting thing is going to be, um, besides who the quarterback is, is what Nebraska does at running back. Greg Bell, junior college transfer from Arizona Western, has been Nebraska's workhorse. They have a really exciting freshman in Maurice Washington who's just electrifying every time he gets the ball. He was a really late enrollee. He had some uh, academic things he needed to get cleaned up before he made it to Lincoln, so he missed you know, all of spring. He missed all of the summer conditioning, so he really doesn't have you know, didn't have that buffer time that most freshmen have to get in the weight room and add some weight on him. Um, so he's he's kind of thin, but, man, he's he's something special when he gets the ball in his hands. Um, but I think, you know, the cop-out answer is going to be the offensive line. They, mm-hmm. they were awful against Troy. And with that front seven that Michigan has, if they don't do their job, then it doesn't matter who Nebraska has. They could have Barry Sanders back there, and it wouldn't matter. So I think uh, of everybody that, that, that can play well and can make big plays, I think it's going to start up front. Well, over on the other side of the ball for the Huskers, the D has been really good against the run, but the secondary, man, they've had their issues, haven't they, Ben? Yeah, the secondary was a big concern coming in. I, I think that was the – I mean, they had four scholarship corners when this staff took over, so that was a big problem. I think they did a good job going in and, uh, and and addressing some of those deeds. Colorado, I think, threw it 51 times. Anytime you throw it 51 times, you're going to have some success. Um, a lot of the yards, I felt like, uh, you know, this defense is structured in a boomer bust type scenario where they're either getting to the pass or they're allowing some yards. Nebraska's going to give up yards. It's just the way that it is, but it's the sacks, it's the TFLs, and Nebraska finally got their first turnover against Troy. That's what's going to make this defense great under Coach Shenander. and I felt like the front seven has played well. Uh, I think DiCaprio Boodle has played very well at corner, um, and Lamar Jackson, they think, is an NFL-type body. So, you know, I know that the secondary numbers don't look great, but in terms of talent, I like what they have there. Um, they're going to have their hands full with Michigan again. But, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how this thing comes together with, with how Nebraska runs things on defense and, and how Mi- Michigan chooses to attack them. With us on our visitors segment this week as we look forward to a, a visit from the Huskers on Saturday is radio sideline reporter and pre- and post-game host Ben McLaughlin. Ben, looking ahead to this Saturday's game, Michigan is an 18-point favorite. Whoever is at quarterback, is it Adrian Martinez or is it Andrew Bunch? What problems do you think this Nebraska offense can pose for the Michigan defense? Well, I mean, I think we've yet to kind of see how how Coach Frost's scheme can expose defenses, but I would just say where it can hurt anybody is just in the minds of the coaches. I think they know this offense so well um, that you've seen it perform well against really good defenses in the past. You know, Auburn had one of the best defenses in the country in their bowl game, and they found a way to get yards. Now a lot of that was McKenzie Milton. You know, they're they're – dynamic quarterback they had in Orlando UCF making things happen but you know I trust the coaches to put together a plan to at least give themselves a shot at being successful um you know their scheme I you know I I, it'll be interesting to see how that it works against Michigan's very physical front seven and how big and talented those guys are but um you know with the personnel that Nebraska has and the coaches that they have I'm intrigued to see how the offensive scheme works against a defense like this. I think that's the thing that I think Husker fans are kind of holding on to is Coach Frost's, you know, this this offensive mind. Uh, that's how he's kind of defined. How can he put together a plan against Michigan? If there's any source of optimism, I think it's just, you know, trusting him and trusting, you know, they can put some play, maybe some plays they, they could find weaknesses and somewhere in Michigan's defense. That group is just so good, you know, 
front end, back end, doesn't matter. I mean, they're, they're so good. I think Coach Frost is going to have to come up with a plan, and I think right now that's that's the one thing giving Nebraska hope is that he has had success against good defenses, and you know we're going to have to see it go to work because we've yet to see it against Colorado or Troy. Well, Coach Frost said at his uh, Monday presser the Huskers have to play near perfect, he thought, to beat Michigan. If they can clean up the mistakes and if Martinez can play, Right now, does Nebraska have, do you think, enough pieces to come into Ann Arbor and make this a game Saturday? Well, I certainly hope so. I mean, I think that's the goal is to just go be as competitive as you can. And, you know, one thing's for sure, the things that have just killed Nebraska in the first two games has been the miscues. I mean, we talked about earlier, the penalties. Mm -hmm. They've they've put the ball on the carpet way too much. You know, whether the other teams recovered them or not, it's just been sloppy at times. The special teams have been bad. They've been missing field goals. Kit coverage hasn't been good. Their starting field position has been awful. I think all those things need to be fixed. And it's hard to imagine, you know, those six or seven things that I just rattled off to all be fixed before Saturday. But they're going to have to be if they if they want any shot. Um, I think personnel-wise, they, they, can, they can stack up with Michigan. I don't feel like they're going to walk into the game completely outmanned and outmatched. But um, this is a front seven game. I mean, of everything I mentioned, Whoever wins the turnover battle is going to have, have the biggest chance, but it's going to be won or lost in the front seven on both sides of the ball. And, and Nebraska understands that. Coach Frost understands that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, the last thing you want is to go on your first road game and get blown out. I think, you know, being competitive is something that's very important to our fans with how things have gone, you know, in, in Lincoln the past few years. Getting blown out happens way too much, and uh, especially against nationally ranked teams like Michigan is. It'd be nice to see them go compete and give them a fight for four quarters. Well, final question for you, Ben. I know, uh, as you mentioned, fans are are very excited that Coach Frost uh, is back at home. And you wonder, I mean, he turned things around really fast at UCF in his second year. I, I, I read that he even said he and his staff did not expect that to happen. What are the realistic expectations for this Nebraska team this year? Well, I think it's changed over the last three weeks. I mean, losing the game to Akron really hurt. I know the athletic department's really trying hard to find that 12th game on the schedule somewhere. Um, but then losing to, to Colorado in a close one and then losing to Troy, I think a lot of people thought going to this game with Michigan, Nebraska would be 3-0 and or 2-1. and Instead, they're winless. So I think that's certainly changed people's perspective. I think before the year, um, I would say on average fans thought between seven, six and seven wins. I think now is probably between five and seven, five and six. I think um, five and six wins on the year. I think that's the realistic expectation. Nebraska has the most difficult conference schedule they've ever had in any league. I think that's saying something, you know, mm-hmm. playing on the road at Ohio State, playing on the road at Michigan, playing on the road at Wisconsin and at Iowa. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. So they're, they've got a really tough schedule in front of them. Some of their most more winnable games are already behind them. So I think it's going to be really hard. The math's becoming difficult to find their way to a bowl game, but um, it's why you play the games on Saturdays. Yeah, absolutely. And the last time these two teams met was November of 2013. Michigan was favored. But Nebraska came in, walked away with a 17-13 win. So we'll see on Saturday when things kick off at 12 noon in the big house. For now, we'd like to thank our guest today uh, for being so generous with his time, Ben McLaughlin, who we will see roaming the sidelines uh, with microphone in hand on Saturday as part of the Husker Sports uh, radio team. So, Ben, thanks for your time, and we hope to have you back in the future. You bet. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio a member of the V-Sporto Network 
and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On quick hits today, good news on the injury front. Karan Higdon and Chris Evans have both been practicing this week and should be good to go for Saturday. We picked up another big-time verbal this week for the class of 2019. Five-star safety Daxton Hill picked us over Alabama, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. He became the 23rd commit in the class of 2019, which is ranked in the top 10. Here are a few game day facts. Both teams have won four games in this series, and there has been one tie. The first game in the series was played here in Ann Arbor on October 21st of 1905, a 31-0 Michigan win. Scott Frost is in his first year as head man at his alma mater. He is 0-2 this season, 19-9 overall in three years as a head coach. The Huskers were 3-6 in the Big Ten last year, 4-8 overall. They have six starters back on offense, eight on defense. We should have a good weather day on Saturday. The weatherman says partly sunny and low to mid-60s, no rain in the forecast. A reminder that you can get our free show app from the Google Play and iTunes stores. You can also hear us on iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and Wolverine Sports Radio. Next week, we head to Evanston at a 4.30 p.m. kickoff against a struggling Northwestern team. They're on a bye this week. On Tuesday, beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive will join us on our game day show. Then, on Thursday's Visitor's Edition, our guest will be Teddy Greenstein from the Chicago Tribune. Many of you probably know Teddy from seeing him as a studio analyst on BTN. He also covers Northwestern for the Tribune. It seems like every time we play at Ryan Field, at least in the last 20 years or so, the games are shootouts. Pat Fitzgerald will have his team ready to play coming out of the bye week. That is for certain. That will do it for today's show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Thanks for listening, and make sure you tell your Michigan family and friends about the show. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. Think victory, beat Nebraska. Until next time, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls, at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go blue.